0: Please be advised that the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Before making a health decision, please consult a practicing medical professional. Thank you for your attention and enjoy today's episode. What is up? cooties and germs of the internet. My name is Tony and you're listening to Hemp Nerd, the podcast that clarifies how cannabis works so you can get reliable therapeutic results. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be answering the question, can you take CBD oil with SNRI antidepressants? Now, in order for us to do this successfully, we first need to understand what an SNRI antidepressant is. And what potential problems that exist with SNRI antidepressants, because if there was no problem, I don't think people would be asking the question as to whether you can take CBD oil with SNRI antidepressants. So the first thing we need to, uh, I guess, understand or get clear in our minds is what an SNRI antidepressant is. So an SNRI uh, or SNRI antidepressant is a pharmaceutical drug prescribed to patients with depression and or chronic nerve pain that leads to depression. So a condition that, is, um, that meets that is fibromyalgia. Some patients or a percentage of paci- patients with fibromyalgia actually do get prescribed SNRI antidepressants because that is classed as a chronic nerve pain because um, fibromyalgia has also shown to lead to depression in patients. So SNRI antidepressants actually help people with fibromyalgia. Um, as, as well as just people who are struggling with depression by itself. Now, the way an SNRI antidepressant actually works is that it increases the levels of serotonin and norepinephrine in your brain by blocking them from being reabsorbed into your nerve cells. The letters SNRI stand for serotonin, norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. Now, serotonin and norepinephrine are both chemical messengers or neurotransmitters that carry signals between your nerve cells in your brain or your neurons in your brain. Um, The most common SNRI antidepressants available in the market at the moment are Cymbalta, Effexor, kedesla I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, kedesla Fetzima, and Pristique. All right, and they've got specific active ingredients in there. If you want to know what those active ingredients are, just go to hempnerd.co. Um, read, I guess, search up. No, you don't even need to search the, the blog, but with the same title, you know, can see can you take CBDO with SNRI antidepressants? Um, on that particular piece of content, you're going to actually find, you know, very early in that piece of content, the actual active ingredients for these different um, antidepressants that are currently available in the market. Now, why are serotonin and norepinephrine selected to be made more available in your brain? So first of all, I need to state that you have seven major chemical messengers or neurotransmitters that do the majority of the work. Each one has a unique and important function in your brain and your body, and they are dopamine, norepinephrine, serotonin, histamine, gamma-aminobutyric acid, or GABA, glutamate, and acetylcholine. I think that's how you say it. Now, serotonin helps regulate your mood, social behavior, appetite, digestion, sleep, memory, and sexual function. Norepinephrine helps with your sleep-wake cycle. It helps you wake up, increase your attention, and focus when performing a task, and it also helps you store memory. Norepinephrine also works with adrenaline, To increase your heart rate, increase blood pressure, increase blood sugar levels, and break down fat for more energy availability. Now, the medical community believes that making both serotonin and norepinephrine available or more available in your system will improve your mood, alertness, and energy levels. This, in theory, fights the effects of depression. However, the reality of SNRI antidepressants doesn't exactly align with the theory so what is the problem with snri antidepressants like in theory on paper it looks like you know they're a viable solution however in reality they actually present more problems than they're worth in my personal opinion one problem that exists with snri antidepressants is that the balance of serotonin and norepinephrine effects varies differently from each snri so that list i gave you plus whatever else that decides to come into the market the serotonin and norepinephrine effects will vary from medication to medication this means that a patient not benefiting from one particular snri or snri antidepressant would need to change to another one for potentially a better response. And that's only potentially until they actually go and try it out. Now, one of the major reasons for not benefiting from an SNRI is the side effect profile that SNRIs present. They have a, w- a wide range of negative side effects. Uh, some of them include nausea and vomiting, diarrhea or constipation, or and or, can <laughs> one or the other, headaches and dizziness, dry mouth, appetite loss, nervousness and tremors, excessive sweating, insomnia, tiredness, sexual dysfunction, normally in the form of erectile or orga- um, orgasm or li- libido dysfunction. And additionally, people under the age of 25 um, may experience suicidal thoughts or worsening depression when taking SNRI antidepressants, which, you know, kind of defeats the purpose because meant, it's meant to help you um, alleviate, you know, any depressive symptoms but, you know if you're under the age of 25 there's a very high likelihood that it will actually make your depression worse and it will actually induce suicidal thoughts so it is actually commonly advised um, in the medical community that anyone under the age of 25 on snris which i wouldn't be giving anyone snris period but that's my personal opinion that's my personal perspective but anyone under the age of 25 um, on snris must be watched closely for unusual behavior Um, SNRIs are also known to cause negative reactions when mixed with other drugs. So this one popped up quite, um, early in my research process, right? Where when in the previous episode, I was looking at SSRIs, um, this section didn't actually pop up because this actually came later in my research process where we're looking at the negative reactions. And I was expecting more or less the same process to happen with SNRI antidepressants because they're. Very similar SSRI, SNRI, serotonin. One just has another neurotransmitter that um, is blocked by reabsorption. However, with SNRIs, it seems like it, it just showed up really early in my research process in that it causes, it's known to cause, or SNRIs are known to cause negative reactions when mixed with other drugs. Now, the examples I have here is you can increase your risk of bleeding when you take SNRIs with ibuprofen, aspirin, or warfarin, and any other blood thinners um snris can also cause serotonin syndrome when mixed with other antidepressants pain relief medication or st john st john's wart first time coming across that so i don't know exactly what st john's st john's wart is but i believe it's some kind of obviously some kind of medication that you can take and you know serotonin syndrome is where if uh, there's too much serotonin in your system causing negative bodily effects such as anxiety agitation high fever and sweating, confusion, tremors, restlessness, lack of coordination, a rapid heart rate, and blood pressure changes. Now, this was very interesting. So SSRIs, this didn't show up. If you listen to my previous episode with the same question, but the focus was on SSRI antidepressants, this did not show up early or at all within my research process before I put this content together. However, with SNRIs, just understanding what they are and the problems they, they present at the moment, this showed up very, very early. And it's not just like whether it's with CBD or CBD oil. It's also looking at, you know, other other medications that we have come to know and love. You know, ibuprofen, aspirin, pain, pain relief medication, blood thinners, um, St. John's wort. I need to look into that at some point to understand what it is. Um, but yeah, it it's, it seems like SNRIs. You know what I'm trying to, what I'm driving at here is that SNRIs um, are known to cause negative reactions, so you have to be extra careful with whatever else you're taking when you are on SNRIs, as opposed to SSRIs. Now, the medical community claims that SNRI antidepressants are not addictive, yet when you stop taking them or miss repetitions, you experience withdrawal symptoms. The most common withdrawal symptoms include dizziness, headaches flu-like symptoms, here we go again, irritability, nausea, and diarrhea. Now, side note, the reason I said here we go again is if you listen to the previous episode, SSRI antidepressants, and I think even the polymyalgia episode, which I've done, I think, the last two episodes in a row, every time I see flu-like symptoms showing up in some way, shape, or form, it keeps reminding me of COVID-19 because obviously it's 2020, COVID-19 is top of mind for Pretty much everyone, um, and the most common, I guess, diagnose not is, should I say diagnosis? Um, I guess the most common symptoms to look out for with COVID nineteen is flu like symptoms. But then I always pose the question in my head like, how is someone meant to know if they have? COVID? I mean, other than how is someone meant to know? Whether they're dealing with COVID-19 or maybe they're, you know, they're unable to get any SNRI repetitions because they've run out, for example, you know, they have to now because they've run out of repetitions, they're going through withdrawal symptoms. And one of the withdrawal symptoms is flu-like, is, you know, flu-like symptoms. I mean, if they don't have this knowledge on hand, if they're not equipped with this knowledge that, you know, if you stop your repetitions, this is what you may experience go they might go to a hospital and expose themselves to an environment that does have COVID-19 and get infected that way when initially the flu-like symptoms were caused by either withdrawals. This is both for SNRIs and SSRIs, and polymyalgia we found that one of the symptoms of that condition is also flu-like symptoms. So it just kind of begs the question like, you know, with I'm trying to find you know I'm trying to say say the question without sounding like a conspiracy theorist. But it kind of begs the question like, is just how real is COVID 19 when there's a lot of other conditions, whether it's a medical condition or it's a withdrawal symptom, also cause flu like symptoms? You know, just how real is COVID 19? Is flu like symptoms easy just to tag onto anything? Because this is how a body responds to you know, a shift in your biochemical, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but these are the, that's the question that's showing up in my mind when I look at this stuff. And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but I can't, my brain can't help but pose this question. Maybe I'll find an answer in the near future. Who knows? But let's keep moving. All right, so this combination of issues, right, so the withdrawal symptoms, the side effect profile, the negative reactions that SNRIs uh, present uh, or have with other You know medications as well as just by itself or stopping you know stopping your repetitions this combination of problems is making people turn to cannabis as a possible solution one overwhelming question people want an answer to is to whether you can take cbd oil with snri antidepressants and more importantly the people want to know if it's safe even i want to know if this is safe right when i embarked on this journey to to answer this question i want to know I wanted to know it's safe now i'm pro cannabis so there was there's a slight bias with my approach but i try to be as objective as possible now the question of the moment is it safe to take cbd oil with snri antidepressants so again the main concern people have is the safety the safety factor and whether cbd oil will actually react negatively with snri antidepressants Um, The medical community is split on this one as to whether it is safe or not. You do have some anti-cannabis medical professionals that argue that SNRIs and cannabis both have psychoactive effects. Hence, taking them together may cause negative side effects like serotonin syndromes, for for example. And that's something I covered in the previous episode when talking about SSRI antidepressants. However, on the other hand, you also have pro-cannabis medical professionals who state that both CBD and THC are generally safe to take with SNRI antidepressants. Some of them lean more towards the CBD side than the THC side, and we're going to uncover that, you know, as we keep going. However, doctors advise that you have to be strategic, and these are the pro-cannabis doctors, you have to be strategic and careful with your approach. If you're not, then you're highly likely to experience some negative side effects because um, taking CBD oil and an SNRI at the same time can cause the amount of the SNRI syndrome available in your system to, be, to increase, right? And the reason for this is because THC and CBD obstruct the metabolism of SNRI antidepressants. So according to, you know, Dr. Cheryl Bugailiskis, who I found was um, commenting or responding to a patient's question on a website called HelloMD, and I double-checked her profile, found her on LinkedIn, She basically says, if you're not strategic or careful with your approach, the possible effects that may occur in conjunction are an increase in the effect and duration of cannabis. In rare cases, using an SNRI plus cannabis can lead to a psychotic event described as mania, usually via edibles or with bipolar disorder. So this is she says it's rare, but it is possible Okay, if you take them together at the same time that's the way i'm reading that that's the way i'm picking that up everyone i mean, the way i see it it's rare but it's it's worth mentioning because if we just ignore it and then someone experiences it then you you know i feel like i'm not doing my duty of care as 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 a researcher to to help to you know to help you understand how this stuff works because even i'm trying to understand how it works because if i god forbid something happens where my body has a condition and it, obviously I want to use cannabis to solve that problem that my body has. And I want to understand how it works and I want to be aware of anything or everything that could potentially go wrong. So, And I'm passing this duty of care on to you as well. So if you're listening to this and you understand how it works and what the potential, I guess, dangers are, if you can even call it, call it a danger, or the potential side effects or negative side effects are, then you can be smarter with your approach, right? I I believe so. Um, So that is, there is a possibility of experiencing mania according to Dr. Cheryl Bugailiskis. Now, pro-cannabis doctors recommend starting low and moving slow, especially if your goal is to taper off SNRIs or any other antidepressant for that matter. So this also applies to SSRIs, which I spoke about in the previous episode. Um, now how this applies is to first consider spacing out the time you consume CBD oil and your SNRI antidepressant, as opposed to taking them at the same time. So obviously taking them at the same time is a very bad idea in my personal opinion based, and just based on the research I've done in these two episodes, taking any antidepressant SSRI or SNRI with CBD oil, like at the same time, like you take your, your, um, your you know, you put your drops, so you're putting your drops under your tongue, and then you you also, as soon as that dissolves into your bloodstream, and then you take a, an SSRI or SNRI pill. That's a recipe for disaster in my books, the way I see things at the moment. So the smart way is spacing it out. The general recommendation timeframes are found by doctors on, on YouTube who've been interviewed, answering these questions. It's generally recommended anywhere between one to three hours. So you, you take it and normally you start with your CBD oil first. You take that, you give it one to three hours to to metabolize in your body, and then it also gives you a chance to see whether it's actually doing the job, delivering the goods, so to speak, before taking the SNRI. Because it, obviously the goal is to taper off the SNRI or the SSRI. But in this case, obviously we're talking about SNRI. So giving you know giving your your giving spacing out the time between you take your cbd oil and your snris if you if you need to take both at the same time so you give your body time to metabolize the reason why that's important which i'm going to get to in a moment i'll explain but this the, the, just quickly your the, uh, cbd and thc and let's say snri and um, antidepressants are metabolized by the same system within your body which i'm going to get to Um, and I spoke about this in my previous episode as well, but they're metabolized by the same, I guess, uh, system called cytochrome P450. So if you take them together, um, THC and CBD are going to obstruct the SNRI from metabolizing. That's going to cause a whole lot of complications. Now, So the recommendation, now that I've mentioned that the recommendation, the first one is spacing out. So one to three hours between each. Don't take them at the same time. Space it out. Secondly, pro-cannabis medical professionals recommend a strategy called microdosing. Microdosing is the practice of taking the minimum amount of a given substance to achieve your desired results or effects. With respect to CBD oil, people consume very small amounts throughout the day to achieve results, such as reduced anxiety and depression and pain relief effects now due to doses being as low as two to three milligrams per serve microdosing enables people to experience the benefits of cannabis-based solutions without getting or feeling high and that's if there is um, a considerable amount of thc in your cbd oil solution all right or your cannabis-based medicine depending on your bio- biochemical makeup the average optimal microdosing range is anywhere between three to 10 milligrams of a full spectrum cannabis-based solution. So I personally believe microdosing is, especially if you're taking this, obviously, look, the context here is medical purposes, right? But you don't know how much is enough to deliver the goods, to deliver the results that you're looking for. And Specifically with this topic, with SNRI antidepressants, if you want to taper off and not need them anymore, uh, because of obviously the side effect profile, the withdrawal withdraw effect profile, and the, um, the the high likelihood of a negative reaction when you mix an SNRI with almost anything, obviously you want, you, you want to have that totally re- replaced by CBD oil and maybe even make lifestyle changes as CBD oil is giving you really good results. So microdosing. So let's say you're spacing out. You start. Oh, you've got you've got your product. You you know you, you, you And I presume you're working with a doctor as well. Okay, I, I hoping that you're not doing this all by yourself, and I'm hoping you're not doing this just by listening to me, because I'm not a doctor. Okay, I'm just providing information and I'm educating you so that when you go and speak with your doctor. And hopefully that's a pro cannabis doctor as well. You can make intelligent health decisions. All right, that's so that's the service I'm providing here. Just providing some education, some insight, so you can have you can make intelligent health decisions with your pro cannabis doctor if you don't have one already. So let's say you're spacing out. Let's say you're working with a doctor. Let's say you're doing all the right things, right? So microdosing comes in because one, you're not. Oh, you're starting with two to three milligrams to see where you're at, How, what, what's your biochemical makeup? Are you the type of person with a low tolerance? So even like two milligrams is enough for you and you, you're feeling the benefits of the CBD oil, or you're feeling the benefits of the cannabis, or do you have a high tolerance level where you need about, let's say, 10 milligrams because the average range is three to 10 milligrams per serve. So maybe you need 10 milligrams. So microdosing enables you to figure that out, all right? It enables you to figure, out, figure that out in a very safe way by starting really low and then scaling up, which is the next point I'm gonna to come to, which is the moving slow part, but scaling up based on your results, and obviously you need to make note or journal your results. That's what I would do anyway. But you're scaling up to find your your I guess your green zone, your Goldilocks zone, your happy your happy space. Where when you take that CBD oil um, in that that dosage, whether it's five milligrams, three milligrams, eight milligrams, seven milligrams, whatever it may may be, that microdosing range is giving you the, the the benefits, and you're you're needing less and less and less of that SNRI antidepressant. You're sharing your results with your doctor. Um, your doctor is happy to see that you're you know you're doing well you're gaining results and that's also you know sharing your results with your doctor is also helping your doctor because then your doctor can make a case you know for cbd oil versus whatever else they're using like he he or she can start to adopt more cbd oil in their practice um because you you are you know, being proactive and you are being intelligent with the way, with your approach, you're getting positive results and you're showing that, look, no negative side effects or very little, if any, and this is exactly, and you're measuring everything and you're managing and you're measuring everything so that we help your doctors or have a case in regards to bring, you know, using medical cannabis versus what we have been traditionally using, which is just causing more harm than good. Now, hopefully that made sense. (laughs) So I think I went on a bit of a rant there. Now, the third recommendation that comes from pro cannabis doctors is the moving slow part, which I kind of touched on in my rant. But basically, the meaning there is that um, you only increase your CBD oil dosage slightly every couple of days while paying close attention to your effects. Okay, so for example, here's just a a really rough example. If you start feeling lethargic or dizzy after a dose increase, then maybe you should scale down or reduce your dosage slightly, and stay at that reduced dosage for a few days before attempting another increase. Okay, so if you if you're basically you started at two to three milligrams, increasing every every day, every second day, every third day, you get to a point where you're starting to see negative negative effects or negative side effects, if you want to call it that. You can scale back. Um, and of course, you're making notes. This day I did three milligrams. This day I did four milligrams. This day I did five. Ooh, Five. I kind of felt dizzy. Maybe I should scale it back to four. Stay on four for a while. And measure how you're feeling throughout the day. And then if you feel like your tolerance level has built up again or you, you scale it up to five, see if you need five. If you're seeing no negative effects on five, stay there for a while. If you push it up to six, maybe you might feel, ooh, I'm getting these negative things again. So you know at least four to five, you scale it back to five, it's like, it's okay, scale it back to four, it's still okay. So you know around four to five is like the sweet spot and you experience, you know, the positive without the negative. So that is a strategy that pro-cannabis doctors recommend. And I would like to throw in one as... An additional one, which is journaling it's very simple just journal your results journal what you do, journal how often you do it journal what you're taking in um and journal your results your effects what is happening so you're just tracking in fact I'll, instead of saying journal I'll say track um but I mean the same thing on either way, I mean the same thing just journal and track your results because this is such a new i mean it's been there in the past. But because of all the negative propaganda it's had over the last nearly 100 years or so, um, and it's being reintroduced into the medical field, any any intelligent move makes a positive case for medical marijuana or for medi- medical cannabis. Any positive move, if you're journaling, you're tracking, you're microdosing, you're spacing out, you're working with a pro-cannabis doctor, all this is making a case for medical cannabis being adopted as as standard practice or st- standard uh, standard medical solution, so to speak. Um, now, I found an interesting um, response to from a nursing practitioner called Tatiana Gonzalez. I believe she is in regards to SNRI antidepressant withdrawals. So, according to um, you know Tatiana, the nursing practitioner, she says antidepressant withdrawals can be uh, debilitating and can last up to three months or longer. It is recommended to taper off the medication as opposed to abruptly stopping it, which we've already covered because the withdrawal symptoms are crazy. Either way, and this is back to Tatiana. So either way, I would advise that it is safe to consume CBD, but stay away from THC as it can induce anxiety during withdrawal. So that's an interesting note there. However, this CBD may help you feel calmer and ease depressive symptoms. I would recommend to start with a very low dosage of CBD, which is and the dosage she recommends is 2.5 milligrams to 5 milligrams and taper up depending on how you feel. which is So that that was a quote from um, the nursing practitioner Tatiana Gonzalez. Again, you can read that on the blog, hepner.co. Uh, just look up the blog post, CBD oil. That, can, you, can you take CBD oil with SNRI antidepressants? But that's an interesting recommendation. So if you're going through withdrawals, she recommends, she says, you know, CBD is safe to consume. However, she recommends to stay away from THC as it it, it can induce anxiety during withdrawal. Okay, during withdrawal. And CBD may help you feel calm and ease depressive symptoms. And then the recommended recommendation of the dosage is anywhere from 2.5 milligrams to 5 milligrams, which is around the area of the microdosing range that I found through my research from another source that says, They can dosages or micro doses can be as low as two to three milligrams to start. And then from there, you you go up and the average range is anywhere from three to 10 milligrams. So, again, it depends on your biochemical makeup. It depends on your lifestyle choices, what you're putting into your body, how you're living your life, what you're doing with your body on a day to day basis. That would determine how much CBD oil you need um, to help you taper off your SNRI antidepressants, if that is your goal. And I personally believe that would be your goal. All right. And now, according to Dr. Richard Kim, um, he states that CBD and THC are competing for the same receptors as as is the SNRI. So when an SNRI is taken concurrently with CBD and or THC, the SNRI uh, serum concentration could possibly rise since CBD is competing for the same receptors for metabolism, which may lead to serotonin syndrome. So this goes back to what I mentioned earlier, where. You know, um, if you take them at the same time, it's a very bad idea Um, because of the whole whole receptor competition thing going on between CBD, THC and your your antidepressant, your SNRI. So if you're going to take anything from this podcast, don't take CBD oil and SNRI at the same time. That's just a dumb move. If you want to incorporate CBD oil into your regimen, then space it out one to three hours. Um and and microdose your CBD to see where you're at. Journal and track your results. and please, if please, please, please find a pro cannabis medical professional to help you hold your hand and to who can also document your results as well, because that will make a case for medical marijuana or medical cannabis be having a home stay. In, you know, in our, in our medical system, wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening to this from. So this uh, this strategic and careful approach, again, is strongly advocated. Now, the reason why another reasons why it's strongly advocated, because there's scientific and anecdotal evidence that shows that heavy cannabis use can lead to worsening symptoms of depression. In a 2014 clinical study, researchers set out to investigate the effects of heavy marijuana use in substance abusers versus a control group. The researchers found that the brains of the marijuana abusers, so not just users, abusers, like these are just heavy smokers or, yeah, heavy smokers, their brains became less sensitive to dopamine over time. Less sensitivity to dopamine makes you detached and apathetic, which are two symptoms of depression. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter or a chemical messenger that sends signals between your nerve cells or your neurons relating to reward, pleasure, focus, and pain. All right. So, if you smoke too much marijuana, if you smoke too much weed, if you want to call it that, um, if you're a substance abuser, we'll call it, we'll call that, we'll call you that. If you if you do that, then you're going to reduce your sensitivity to dopamine, and you, this is where you find that a lot, you just won't feel like doing stuff because the, the signals that relate to reward, pleasure, focus, and pain, uh, you just won't be responding to them. You'll be less sensitive to them. You won't be responding to them. So you, you you basically lose your motivation for life, so to speak. You lose your ambition. This is why you hear a lot of recreational users say that if you smoke too much weed, it, it steals your ambition. That's why, because you're becoming less sensitive to dopamine. That's that's the scientific explanation there. And then in another example, another study, um, a 2007 rodent model study set out to investigate the effects of cannabis at low and high doses in rats. The study found that THC boosts serotonin levels at low doses, which is why microdosing is good. However, at high doses, THC had the opposite effect. So it it doesn't boost levels. It reduces the levels of serotonin. And yeah, it's just it just has the opposite effect of what serotonin would do. Anyway, look, I believe I've made my point in this particular episode. So my final thoughts right now is that, you know, I personally believe it is safe to take CBD oil with SNR SNR antidepressants when you apply strategy and care, the strategies and, and care that we've spoken about in this episode. I believe taking them at the same time will lead to negative effects, and I believe it's just a dumb move. But of course, I'm trying to sound professional here. It will lead to lead to negative effects due to CBD and THC being capable of of, of obstructing SNRI metabolism in your body. So your body won't be able to break down SNR your your medication because it's it's too busy breaking down CBD and THC. However, if you space out your doses, so you you adhere to the one to three hour spacing, then your body can metabolize whatever it wants in peace it will metabolize the cbd to metabolize the thc to give it time and then the receptors become free again and if you feel the need to take the snri then you you can take it and your body be able to metabolize that as well all in peace right now it also goes without saying that you should seek and work with a pro cannabis medical doctor all right? initially when i was making this recommendation in my earlier episodes is it was it is because and it was because i wanted to make sure that you had the right you had guidance, professional guidance, someone who, whose job it is to actually prescribe you with medication and to make sure that you're getting the right results with your medication. All right. But now I also realize that if you work with a pro-cannabis doctor, you are actually helping them make a case for cannabis to become mainstay in the medical system. All right. So that's another reason why you should actually seek out and work with a pro-cannabis doctor, especially when you're also looking at tapering off one medication and replacing it with another. Remember... Another fi- part of my th- final thoughts, remember to start low and move slow, all right? If you're incorporating ca- cannabis into your SNRI medication regimen, especially if you want to taper off, monitor and document your results with your doctor so you can make appropriate adjustments, intelligent health decisions, wherever necessary, leaving zero room for guesswork. Journal and track everything, all right? The type of cannabis you're taking, what form you're taking it in the dosage amounts you're starting with, how much you're increasing your dosage, how often you're increasing your dosages, how often you actually consume it in a day. If it's just once in the morning, is it twice in the morning and in the evening? Is it three times a day? You know, journal and document all of that and as well as the results that you're getting. And of course, seek out products that have been regulated and tested so you can be confident that you're actually taking a clean and safe solution. Because another danger that exists in this market at the moment with all the promise that medical cannabis provides and brings Um, the, there are a percentage of us, or when I say us, I mean humans who are just in it for the cash grab. So they'll say you, they'll sell you anything and everything just to make that money. And not, they don't really care about the results that you're getting, which is why I started this podcast. Like I don't want to be one of those people. Okay. I've chosen not to be one of those people. Yes, there is an opportunity to make money in this industry. Um, but I believe the opportunity is, is really to help people, you know, enhance the quality of life by understanding and gaining clarity on a product that's, you know, for lack of a better way of explaining this, designed by God to help us alleviate a lot of our conditions. But yeah, just make sure, you you know, you're getting, you're seeking out products that are regulated, they've been tested, you've got all the results and you're confident that you're taking, you know, so you can be confident when you're taking it, it's not causing any more complications than it than it needs to, that it has to, because we all know that it works. It's just that how how will it work for you now in saying that, keep in mind as well that cannabis is not a one size fits all solution because whatever works for your friend, your colleague or your family members may not exactly work for you, which is perfectly fine. It's okay. Like I keep saying, everyone's biochemical makeup is different. Your lifestyle choices are different. The things you consume on a daily or weekly basis are different. However, cannabis does provide the opportunity for you to determine what will actually work for you. Do you need more THC? Do you need less THC? Do you need CBD? Do you need to isolate the CBD or do you need CBD with the entourage effect of the other cannabinoids minus THC? These are all things on the horizon for us to experiment with and to figure out, more specifically to figure out so we can gain absolute clarity, so we can live in a society, live in a world where cannabis is... You know homestay in the medical system and and it's not the the third or fourth or fifth option when you're dealing with things like polymyalgia um you're dealing with things like tendonitis anything that's related to pain inflammation you know cancer epilepsy and all these crazy messed up conditions cannabis should be like the first thing that we go to because we underst- we know how it works we understand how it works we were clear on how it works we understand our biochemical makeup, and we know how cannabis will interact with, with us based on our lifestyle. We know how much to take, how often to take it. and all that jazz. All right. So that is today's episode. I think this is the longest episode I've done. Not exactly sure. Still shooting for that 30-minute mark. But I feel like the more I do this, the more I research how cannabis works, the more I know, and the more the more clarity I get that's the word i'm that's what I was trying to say there. The more I research, the more clarity I get, and the more clarity I get, the more I'm, the easier it is for me to break down this stuff um without reading so much, and I feel that's what's happening in today's episode now everything that i have referenced everything that i've mentioned has reference links um you can find those all on the website hempnerd.co just go there find the blog post with the exact same title as this podcast i've made it super simple can you take cbd oil with snri antidepressants if you want to go and read some of the references or some of the stuff that i had to read to come up with this information they're all all my reference links will be at the bottom of the blog post uh, for you to dive in and explore and do your own personal research and come up with your own conclusions. Cause you know, that that's the world we live in at the moment. You don't just have to believe every single thing that I'm saying. You can actually go and check it out for yourself. And I provide you all the links that I've read. I could do a, a lot more reading. Um, for each topic, but I also have deadlines that I need to meet as well. So maybe there's something I could have missed. I'm more than happy for you to let me know if there's something that I missed. Otherwise, for now, take care. God bless. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Hemp Nerd Podcast. Peace.